0: Does anyone remember that song uh, I Don't Want You Back or uh, Fuck You Right Back or whatever it was called? Um, I couldn't remember. It was from 2004 and it was by a guy. It was a guy giving out about breaking up with his girlfriend and he didn't want her back but like they broke up because he cheated on her or some shit and then she came back with a with a diss with a, not a diss track but like a rebuttal track and it was essentially the same song. I remember her name was Frankie but I couldn't remember your man's name for Fucking ages, so I googled it. Eamon, as in E A M O N Eamon, and then I had to go Wikipedia because like, he's surely he's not Irish, is he? Of course he's not. He's, he's Italian, Italian Irish descent. Um, he definitely. Well, I think he, he probably claims to be Italian. And um, probably got gets more uh, publicity out of it. But Eamon Doyle is his name. Sounds like some lad you'd meet in coppers. Anyway, um, it's Wednesday, so. I'm gonna try and keep consistent because I know it was Wednesday last week and uh let's let's, let's try and keep it Wednesdays for the podcast. Uh, I'm sitting in a vehicle this time if the acoustics are a bit weird. And I do have the uh do have the windows ajar because it's it's quite a sunny day. I wouldn't say it's warm, but it's creating an ambient temperature in here that's making me palpitate a little bit. Um so if you do hear any ambient sounds on the outside, um cars driving by, which would be which would be nice, I suppose. Not as good as not as Bad as the, as the first podcast I recorded, where, where I was using my wireless headphones and walking along, and the exterior car sounds was a complete uh, distraction and drowned out uh, any of the terrible conversation I was trying to have. Um, look, here's a Citroen Berlingo now. How that fare? I said it was quite pleasant. Um of a Berlingo. It's quite well known. I like a Berlingo. Um, yeah, so Wednesday, and I'm back. Um, I'm going to kick off things again with a bit of a high horse rant. Um, but I think it's just it's it's similar to something I discussed before about people being unnecessarily antagonistic in a motoring situation. Uh but this time it involves the Gardie. And it's also a story where in the space in the space of less than less than 24 hours, um I don't know, whatever I I had to the matter. So we'll say 18 hours, 20 hours whatever. I had a really good And a really bad Um Interaction With a member of the The guard The guardie Um So I'm going to go with the bad one Because it's it's the more Pertinent Uh Thing that I want to talk about Um So I was driving As part of my job Um Uh What day is today? Today is Wednesday So it was, was it, Yeah it was yesterday Tuesday And I'd come off The M50 Going northbound Um And what exit did I take? I think it's exit 7, possibly. And you come off, and there's a roundabout. if you, t- if you take the... would be the second exit. Well, no, sorry, it would be the third exit. So going all the way around to the right. Um, you go all the way around, and then you end up on the, the Navin Road dual carriageway. Um And so I came out, and I was stopped at the lights. And I was on the very outside lane. And there's three lanes. Um, very outside lane, just because I like to keep the... I keep the inside lane free because there is a, a turn off to the left. Yeah, so if anyone is going left, you know you can leave it free for them. Um, so when you first initially join into it, it's three lanes, and it kind of filters into two, and then eventually it filters into one. Um, and as I, as I pulled off, um, I probably got up to about seventy kilometers an hour before I noticed there was a speed camera van uh, to my left. Bullshit, whatever. Um, it's uh, you know at, at the point of where the van was, it's three lanes. Um, you know, and it's it's not a it's not a school crossing. There's no there's nothing. You, you wouldn't cross this. It's just a, it's a dual carriageway. It's just one of those dual carriages where they stick a sixty kilometre zone in. I think essentially just to have a speed camera van there. That's not the issue. Whatever. I probably got done. We'll find out in a few days. No big deal. I got caught. It's paying the arse, but that's not that's the point. I got past. So I, like as soon as I got past, I got boxed. I could see I was doing about whatever seventy odd kilometers in the sixty. So I back out of it. Then I look at my in my wing mirror, because um, so, uh, at this time I, I'd, I'd, the the outside lane I was in had filtered into the the, the middle lane essentially, it, so it's gone into two lanes. So I was about to then pull into the into the inside lane, um, but then I saw a guard a, a a panda as you call it, as well as the Brits call it, uh, Hyundai Santa Fe, um, coming steaming up on the inside lane. So I was about to pull into to the uh, the inside lane, but then I was like, oh, I saw him come. I was like, I'll, I'll let him I'll let him past, He's obviously in a hurry somewhere, um, but then he pulled out into the my lane, and he t- turned on the the blues and twos. I was like, oh, so then I pulled into the inside lane, and then I saw him pull back in again. And I was like, oh, wh- what? So then I, I I almost went to go pull back out again, but then he pulled up alongside me and started like gesticulating for me to pull over. I was like, okay. I was like, is he like? Okay, I, I, I drifted over the, the speed limit by about 10 kilometers, um, but the camera van would have got me if anything's wrong there. And he, either way, he was driving behind me in a Santa Fe. Um, so he couldn't have known I was breaking the speed limit because um, it's not physically possible to do. So anyway, he pulls me in and says, I'm, 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 I'm just laying out the objective facts here. He was a portly, uh, red haired gentleman and um, working for the Guardia Cia Cana. And he comes over and just starts going. Your driving is outrageous! This, this, outrageous! This is ridiculous. Pull in there now, you! You're a danger. And he, so he starts walking around the car, looking at the discs outside the van. I was in, looking at the discs and everything. And he's like, do you, do you do you think that's the right way to do? It? I was just going nodding and, and and agreeing with him, but like he was trying to go me into into attack an, into, an, into a, an argument, like being intentionally antagonistic. Oh, he's like, oh, you you definitely got done by that speed camera van. I was like, okay. I, I was literally just giving one-word answers and nodding because there's no point in pissing on a wasp's nest. He's like, oh, it's ridiculous. You, you, you need to, you need to, you need to, you need to, you need to calm down. You need to sort out your, your driving. You're crazy. Now, the van had a dash cam in it because um, again, he kind of wandered around. And he looked, he asked me for my license. He's like, I'm not going to write you up, um, but you're going to probably get something from that speed camera van. And I was like, well, I didn't say this at the time. I was Like, well, what are you going to write me up for? I, I didn't do anything wrong. Other than I might have drifted over the speed limit, but you've no evidence of that, and if you think I did, it's completely subjective. You can't, you can't tell what speed I was doing from your eyeballs. Um, well, and again, like he, he pulled me in for nothing, and then I was like, uh, he had me, The whole thing lasted about five minutes. Pulled off. And he kind of he was kind of holding back behind me in the in the in the bus line um, as I was going along the Navin Road, and eventually he drove off into, into the distance. So I was just like. Whatever, I went home my day, I was just like, unnecessarily, just like, he was, he was just trying to get into a, in, into an into a situation, and you was just sort of looking to, looking to swing his dick, is you know, I'm, I'm in power, and I need to pull someone over, and whatever, I went home dressed my day, and then I got a phone call from my boss, and he would rang in, and I haven't actually spoken to my boss since, to see what he actually said to her, but he, he rang in to the, to the job. Um, to say he pulled me over, and I don't know what what he said to my boss, but then after I got back to my house, I was like, the van had a dashcam, so I was like, I have to look at this because I was like, did I do something that I was just completely oblivious to? I uh, Was I on autopilot and did I do something crazy? And unfortunately, I can't share the, the dash cam footage because you know it's the one that's not my footage, quote unquote, and I don't. I'm not going to I'm not going to start stirring some shit by putting that shit out publicly. But hand on heart, take my word for it on my mother's life. I looked back at the footage and there is literally nothing. There's nothing to say. It even as the overlay of, of my coordinates and my speed, and all, like, okay, I did drift over the 60 kilometers up to about 72 or 3 or something. Again, we're talking to Jill Carriageway here and something he wouldn't have been able to tell from just looking at me from behind. Other than that, there's nothing. I'm just slowly getting, because like if I was speeding or being like overtly aggressive with my acceleration or whatever term he used. I'd easily been up to 100, 110 kilometers an hour in that in the space, um, and you can even see on the overlay as well that like once I spotted the camera van, I did back out of it. Um, so there's nothing other than that. Like there's nothing. Like I'm not driving aggressively. I didn't cut anyone off. I'm not uh, driving you know incredibly fast. I'm not accelerating aggressively. It's just me cruising along at a slow pace on a essentially empty three lane dual carriageway. So I've saved the footage, because um, I'm sure I will eventually talk to my boss about it. Uh, just, and I just wanted to... I wanted to have my story straight before. Because it's just like... The whole reason for a police force is to be a watchdog, not a bulldog. And I've had many... Not many, but I've had situations in the past where... guardy just try and rile up a situation where there isn't a situation in the first place. They just get a whiff of maybe there's something wrong... And then they try to goad, goad you into it with their with their passive aggressive comments, hoping they'll say something or do something. And like this guy, that that that's he just he just he was just trying to get me to to say something to him, to be aggressive. And he, I don't know. There's a there's a low loader with a nine nine six cabriolet, um, trying to come up the road here. Um, He's backing. He's backing away because there's someone in a Mercedes. What is that? Is it a B class? I don't know. And um, if he comes up my way again, I oh know he's going the other direction. Nine six on in the back of a flatbed. Just um, so I'd mention that. And um, sorry, yeah. So he was just. He was just trying. So like that. That it's just. It's worrying because like he is supposed to be out there to serve and protect. And I know it's an American term, but that is that is what a police force is for and he just he, he created a situation in a very aggressive manner like the way he, he turning on the, the the lights and driving up on side so, driving up alongside me and almost essentially forcing me off the road and then again w- me not doing anything wrong him pulling us in to an what is an active bus lane um and there's active active traffic on the uh, on the dual carriageway that situation is way more dangerous than anything which i didn't do anyway but the, he created the dangerous situation in in that sense um, It's just, it's very worrying I don't understand Like there obviously isn't enough of a psychoanalysis When it comes to taking on recruits Because that man shouldn't be a guard He just shouldn't be um, I don't know if he has mental health issues Or someone had like I don't know, There's something going on in his personal life or he's not getting the respect he was expecting from the job or whatever, but it's just, it was a very, it's a very, it was a very... It, I, I, I wanted to let it go until I heard he'd rang my boss and that's when I looked at the dashcam footage because I said, I don't want to piss on a wasp's nest and, and the reason I obviously, I didn't give him any back chat because there's no point in, in escalating a situation like that, especially with a guard. Um... And then the other situation I like because like the, the evening previous, I actually had to go down to a guard station to give a witness statement to an accident I'd seen. And okay, I was I was there to help out the guard, but the guy was he's, he's actually a guy from the UK who, who works for the guardie over here and met an Irish girl and moved over. Um, but he was so he was such a nice guy. very level-headed. Um, you know, asked me about myself. You know, like in in a general, you know. Uh, Interested manner, and um, you know, just a very nice guy. And he, I, again, I, I haven't seen him in a in a on the other side of the situation where you know, hypothetically, if if, if for some reason I got into a into a negative situation with this guard, and um, for whatever reason, I wouldn't I'm a relatively law abiding citizen You know, I had my youth in in, in my hot hatch, uh, boy racer days. We all did, I'm sure, as car enthusiasts. But never anything. I've never had any serious run ins with the guards. But this guy. He seems like a very level-headed guy who's there to, you know, enforce the law um, and protect those who are being um, unnecessarily treated. Um, He was concerned about this person who got injured in this uh, accident I'd seen. He was very grateful that I'd given a a very accurate statement that backed up the evidence that they had. And his demeanour, everything about him was just like he was a nice guy. And you just know he's, you know, he he's the right guy for the job and he just he was the flip opposite to the guy then that I had to deal with then so like well, I was in the guard station at, at 5 o'clock Monday evening and this happened about 10 quarter past 10 the next morning with the with, with Dr. Aggressive it's just I don't know I get a, a sense of low hanging fruit with some of some of these members of the guardy as well and look let me I'm, let me clarify as well I'm not tearing them all with the same brush as, as, as you know the guy I dealt with on, on Monday evening lovely guy and I've had lots of great um and helpful situations with the guardy there are there are plenty of, and the majority of them are, are are great people but there are like there are more than a few bad eggs um I just think there might have to, there are I'm not sure what the process is but I feel like there needs to be a more rigorous um psychoanalytic um, process to 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 take on new recruits because again, as I said a few minutes ago, like that guy, I don't know, shit could go sour with him very quickly. And um, be it him Goading someone into doing something terrible because he's getting into a unnecessary antagonistic uh, situation, or the other way around someone he he flips because the way he acted with me was so over the top. I'm still kind of blown away about it. Um yeah, so that's where I'll I'll leave that there. Um just thought I'd you know, it was the most uh, exciting thing that happened in my motoring week, so I just thought I'd, I'd fill you in and you know, if anyone else has any opinions on that, um, please do let me know, because um, I think it's a it's a topic that's worth discussing. Um but I'll leave it there at that. Um my run in my positive and my negative run in with the Guardi over the space of about twenty hours or whatever it is. I'm I'm terrible at calculating time and uh, space um car news not a whole lot really happening in the car world and um, really the biggest thing in the sense of new cars is lotus so we all know they have the avaya is the the electric supercar that's soon to uh, i don't know when customers are getting them or when journals are going to drive them the crazy 2000 horsepower whatever it is electric supercar they're making but there's now been spy shots seen of an electric saloon car. Um, I think it's been dubbed the Envia, um, but I don't know if that's going to be the production name. Like, yeah, a Lotus, sal- an electric Lotus saloon. Um, Lotus themselves, of course, do have form in in the saloon world. Um, they've they've tinkered with a few Fords, um, and obviously then most famously the the Lotus Carlton slash Omega. Um, based on the, the Vauxhall, Carlton and Lotus Amiga. Omega? Omega? Um, but this is a bit of a... This is a different kind of kettle of fish. It's a... You know, it being an electric vehicle, it's very... It looks... It has the same kind of... You know, soapberry swoopy outline of, say, um, the, the EQS. Is that what the electric S-classy thing that Merck make? It's got that kind of, you know, very... Flat uniform generic shape to it. Um, it's probably gonna have a similar powertrain to the 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 Enya and and what's Avaya? Oh, Jesus Christ, too many names. Um, but there's no technical details about it yet. But yeah, so the newest, the next new car that's probably gonna come out of Lotus will be a four door electric saloon car. Um, it's basically gonna be a Geely, it just has a Lotus badge on it, but um, yeah strange times um, then just to counteract that though um, Germany who are one of the first cars to cars, one of the first countries to kind of put a clamp down on um, on combustion cars um, so obviously they would have been part of the ar- uh, argument of the discussion within the EU um, to stop the production of uh, combustion vehicles I think it's from 2035 amongst EU countries um, and then the, the, there's several um I think it's Munich. Um I was in Stuttgart and Frankfurt recently and they definitely select combustion cars driving in and out. Um but uh, they either either have or they have upcoming bans on at least diesel anyway, um or I'm not sure if it's other combustion cars going into some of the big cities. But their Minister for Transport um just the other day raised uh the idea of the fact that yeah, the carbon-neutral synthetic e-fuels are, seem to be coming on stronger and stronger with each day, that they do have to be considered, and that maybe cutting off combustion vehicles might not be the way forward. Um, so it's early days, but but being the German uh, government, um, it won't take long, I think, for that push to be pushed forward to the EU at large. Um and, and there was the previous there was a week before last I think it was there There was murmurs from the EU that they were looking into uh, synthetic synthetic um, carbon neutral e-fuels um, as a way of fueling our personal transport um, so this is all promising news because I think we all as us car enthusiasts you know, we want to keep the combustion engine um, and the synthetic fuels definitely seem to be the way to do it and if that meant also you know that they can keep producing produc- or combustion engine vehicles that's probably good too because it's 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 more carbon efficient to create a combustion engine vehicle than it is an electric vehicle um and if they're carbon neutral you know that's that's no bad thing and um, because there are other factors that we could do to to stop putting new carbon into the into the atmosphere like i think i was reading a stat today um if they took all the all the combustion engine cars and trucks and vans etc all all carbon road vehicles carbon using road vehicles sorry combustion engine road vehicles off the roads in scotland so similar to ireland and um, it would be the equivalent of 12 cruise ships and um, so i think yeah there are definitely other avenues that should be explored uh, about reducing our carbon footprint um, and the combustion engine the, the the car anyway really isn't the one that needs to be The one, it's the one that's so ingrained um, that shifting over to a different source would be the most difficult. If we can run them carbon neutrally, you know, let's look at that. It's definitely the better avenue. And it's nice to see that there is uh, chatter about making synthetic e-fueled combustion cars a reality in the future. Because, let's be honest, I'm not saying electric vehicles can't exist, but whole new infrastructure, they're heavy, they're not as nice to drive. They're not as um, they're not as uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like they don't pull at the hard strings like a combustion engine vehicle does, and they're not as they're not as clean as everyone likes. Well, government and manufacturers want us to believe they are. Um, so yeah, keeping combustion engine vehicles that are already made and built, keeping them running, and if we do need to make new ones, you know, if they can be built, they, they're already building very efficient, very clean car well. Clean. If you want to go completely clean, you either walk or cycle a bike. Um but yeah, I'm, I'm getting a bit rambly with this. But you know what I'm trying to say, it's good to see that synthetic carbon neutral synthetic E fuels are being considered um as a viable option for the future. Um and yeah, the argument seems to be getting better and better, better and better as, as, as each day goes by. Um, so it's worth worth keeping an eye on. Um, sorry my rambliness is getting rambly um for those of you who were into the you old know, dub life dub life back in the back in the early nineties when v w modding and scene shows stance that whole avenue i mean it's merely something i i i i dallied with in my in my early twenties um i had two polo g t i s Friend of mine had also had a, had a Polo GTI as well, um, and a friend of mine he still has a, a four motion Passat, which had on coilovers and stuff like that. Um, but even yeah, you know, uh, this one of us say is if, if you're part, if you were ever part of that scene, you're probably very aware of the E show that um, is held every year. It's kind of like a... it was kind of held as a GTI event, but it's more just for anyone. He's into Volkswagens um, or anything from the Volkswagen Audi group, be it old, new, modified, standard. It was this big kind of meet show camping event. Um, VW would always bring a special uh, GTI car. It's where that you know the ridiculous um, W12. Um, GTI concept was brought to um, There's loads of other ones um, It's been going for years, it's been going for about 40 years or so um, So sort of like it, predates, it predates Me and, and you know, The scene, dub dub life uh, Era um, But it, it, it's obviously with Covid and stuff, it hadn't really been on the last couple of years um, But it is going to make a return In, in 2024 But it's no longer going to be Vertice which is a, a lovely kind of mountain Mountainous area in Austria um, it's going to be in um, Wolfsburg, which obviously is the home of Volkswagen. Um, it's going to be there from 2024 onwards. So it's going to see it's returning, but um, it's hard. To, uh, they're probably still going to call it Wurzzi, I'd say, but it's not going to be Wurzzi. It's going to be in Wolfsburg. So it could be a good thing. I, I'll, I'll, we'll Obviously, near the time, we'll look into the full details of it. Because um, I've, never, I've never been to Wolfsburg because it's not the easiest place to get to, to be honest. Um, it's one of those, like, you need to get two flights and then... You know, you got to look at a way of driving there or you know, public transport. It's, it's not an easy place just to get direct, a direct flight into and then just visit the world of Volkswagen. Um, but yeah, um, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, but yeah, it's good to see that the the GTI or, or the Volkswagen show is coming back. Um, because it was, although I'd never been to it, I have seen a lot of footage from it and, um. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's a cool place for people to come and enjoy the love of the love of the motor car. Um, and then another kind of I don't know how to feel about this one. Um, Lancia as a brand is being rejuvenated, um, but it's obviously going to be as is the the twenty twenty three way. It's being re- rejuvenated as an EV brand, um, which okay, fair enough, that's understandable, but. It's the rumor is that they're going to bring back legacy vehicles, stuff like the Stratos and the Delta Integrale, as EVs. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, whatever about them bringing back Lancia as a as a brand and it being an EV brand, that's fine. I just don't see why they feel the need to. Like do retro futuristic versions of leg- of legendary models from the past that were run by combustion engines. Just uh, I can't see anyone who was mad into Lancia, um, as we all are. You know, they're let they were a legendary brand, and um, those who were those of us who were into it from the heyday of stuff like the Stratus and the thirty seven um, and the the Integrale. Like we're not going to care about EVs. And then those who are going to care about it being an EV brand aren't really going to give a shit about the products of the past. So, yeah, I think that, yeah, bring it back as an EV manufacturer. Yeah, whatever, so be it. But just don't. There's no need to bring back the old cool stuff and, and re- rebadge them as EVs. Just make some new models. It's it's, I think Hyundai and um, Kia have shown that, you know, you can go with a new path and people will jump on board once the product is, is well executed Um ok yeah I don't think yeah. I've been my garter rant um as yeah, ever as rambly as ever Um 26 minutes it's one of my shorter ones and um, which is probably good uh, so I'll finish off with my oh sorry obviously I'll have to talk F1 Um because last time I, I didn't really speak much F1 because specifically this week um we've gone through winter testing Um as ever, we didn't really learn anything particularly new, um, and you can only really take uh, testing times with a pinch of salt, because um, you don't know what way people are fueling their cars, what modes they're in, whether they're, they're even running a car that they're going to bring to the first race. Um, but, you know, the standouts, Red Bull, clearly the, the cream of the crop. They did a shitload of laps. Um, the car was reliable, the car was quick. Max did the first day and a half. Well, he did the first day and then he did a half day. The second day, the the, the evening half. Um, and after that, then he was doing in the out. His body language, interviews, everything was like full of confidence. And um, as for the whole team, as was Checo Christian Horner, all of them. Yeah, so again, they're they're going to be the team to beat. Um, and to be honest with you, if again. You can never predict these things And things can change very quickly in Formula 1 But just going from the test alone I'd be very surprised If uh, Red Bull don't walk To another double championship this year Um, Ferrari The car was quick Looked well They were able to play around With lots of different setups Um, Most importantly it was reliable Because reliability was probably Their biggest Achilles heel last year Um, They might make a step forward But I don't know if they're going to be good And whether be good enough To beat Red Bull um mercedes kind of came back with the same concept of the of the cars they did last year the no pod design which is a bit surprising and um, they were cagey as they normally are in testing about where they were but anyone watching um sorry excuse me i burped there um the car didn't look perfect Um they might be slightly better off than they were this time last year but um there's a good chance that Aston Martin might have jumped them because the Aston looked very good again. Hard to say exactly what way they were running the car, but Alonso has been very bullish saying that yeah, you know, when he did the long field runs, they were they were fat with fuel and they were running a car that they're going to be bringing you know a, a genuine car that, to the rules for the first race. So there's a good possibility that Aston could be the third quickest team. And if possible, wouldn't go as far as to say that they're going to be buying at the heels of Ferrari, but Ferrari would want to rest on their laurels um, and Mercedes will want to uh. Up their game pretty quickly They're, they're already talking Mercedes are already talking About a B-spec car um, But it probably won't be around Until the European season um, Which makes me think All oh, they're about Oh no the concept The concept was fine We know where we went wrong And now I think they realise mm, That's probably all bullshit And they're probably going to bring A completely different uh, Design ethos um, Later on in the season Who else Everyone seems to put um, Alp- uh, Alpine as Fifth Um, across the board and they didn't show a whole lot um, in testing as they again they tend to do that they kind of just play their own game play it quietly the car was not the fastest it was not the slowest and again that's why everyone's kind of just saying they're fifth and it was reliable they did do plenty of laps and it it looked good on track and like stable there was nothing there were no big surprises from it my only concern with Alpine would be that Ocon and uh, Gasly, who's joined the team, uh, although they both won a race, they both won a race in um, you know kind of uh, what's the word for? Um, unusual situations. Um, I, the the two of them are obviously they're, they are you know, Formula One drivers and they're they're some of the better ones, but I still think the two of them are lacking that last like couple of percent that separates the the good from the great. They haven't really shown anything to say like yeah, there's a future world champion. Um, and also, the two of them have a pretty, a pretty uh, infamous tumultuous past. Obviously, they kind of—they're both French, so they both kind of grew up in this in the same, the in the same kind of junior formula. They've had spats in the past, um, even to the point most more, most recently where they. Uh Sorry, I got disturbed by a phone call. Um, so yeah, where was I talking formula? Yeah, so. Yeah, so Ocon and Gasly, um, their, their, their tumultuous relationship. Um, yeah, I think it was last year the year before, they were both at a, I don't know some event in a red carpet. Um, so being two Formula One drivers, they were followed together with their respective partners. And then when Ocon and Gasly then posted pictures on uh, Instagram from the event, they both cropped each other out of the photos. So, you know, it's that kind of thing. Now, they're playing all nicey-nice now. Um, but like that's a that's going to be a, a management a management nightmare, I'd say, um, for uh, Otmore Safnauer, who's the team principal at Alpine. Um, so like again, like I said, like the two drivers, I don't think they've they've yet to really show anything that will tell me that they're they're going to pull in something amazing out of the bag. Like Gasly has done some has had some highlights in his career, um, so he might pull something out of the bag. But he's the new guy in the team. Alcon's very much going to want to assert his dominance because um, this is going to be his. Fourth, fifth season, I think, with with Renault slash Alpine. Um, so I think it could get pretty spicy between the two of them. So although the car might be good. I feel like the drivers could be the uh, the downfall in their season, but we shall see. Maybe they'll prove me wrong. Um, who else is there? Um, Haas looked solid enough, and again, nothing spectacular. And um, they might jump ahead a bit, um, from last year, more at the at the cost of others having a terrible season. Um, who who else have we got? Um Alpha Terry. Again, car looked okay. Uh, they didn't show anything particularly special. Uh, and again I think Sonoda, he's a good driver, but I don't I think again I think he lacks that last little few percentage that will make him a great driver. And then they have Nick DeFries who essentially is a rookie. Um, he did that one race for Williams last year in Monza, where he managed to score some points, which essentially got him the the job this year. He is an F two champion, and he won the Formula E championship. But again, he won both the championship kind of in in um, in, in strange conditions. Like the GP two season, he won the grade wasn't at its strongest, and Formula E it was it was a Formula E weird. Um, Nothing. He's a bad driver, and um, he's clearly got talent. Uh, like anyone who can who can qualify a Formula One car does. But um, the Aventuri cars doesn't look like it's taken a big leap from last year and it wasn't great last year and they don't have the strongest driver pairing so I don't see them having a great season. Uh, McLaren uh, the car didn't look quick at all, they didn't do a whole lot of laps, well they did about 300 but that's low compared to everyone else Um, and they've already said even from the launch of the car that midway through the winter they decided to go in a different direction for the design ethos so they're already playing catch up um, so yeah, they're on the back foot from the beginning. Um, Williams, Williams looked okay, but you have to feel again they're going to be bringing up the tail end of the grid. The grid. Um, who else? Is there, Alfa Romeo, a solid enough test and um, lots of laps. Car looked decent. Um, so again, they're going to be they're going to be mid pack. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. Um, I said it looks like it's going to be Red Bull, Ferrari, Aston might take a jump on Mercedes. Um, so then you'd think Mercedes will probably be the front end of the best of the rest if, if things go the way they were from testing. Yeah, then it's going to be a kind of a mix between Alpine, Haas, Alpha, and then bringing up the back, unfortunately, it's going to be McLaren, I'm afraid to say, uh, Alpha terry and Williams. But yeah, we'll see. So the first race is this weekend in Bahrain. Um, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. Um, I'll be tuning in, as is as, as pretty evident, um, and I'm sure you should too, because um, Formula One is Formula so hot right now. Um, Grant, okay, so I'm going to start wrapping up now because I have actually gone more rambly than I thought it was. 35 minutes, not too bad, not too bad. So, as ever, um, I'm going to give you a classified find of the week. This one is um, it's a €2,500 Euro car, but considering the market, um, it's probably about what it's worth, to be fair. Um, it's a... Where's my notes gone? Um, a 1999 blue Suzuki Alto um, in Gori. And it is absolutely immaculate. It's essentially a brand new car. It's got 32,000 miles in it. It's got a long NTT. Um, two and a half grand, I think some people would say, is quite a lot of money for a 24-year-old a um, Suzuki Alto. Um, but the way the market is, and considering the condition... I don't think that's necessarily too bad of a price. Um, again, it's a car I have saved because I love small, tiny, lightweight cars. Um, and the Japanese one, it'll be reliable as well. Um, the only problem is it's down in Gori, um, and it's it's a bit of a trek away from me. Although I do know someone who lives down in Gori, so maybe I might get them to have a look at it for me. But go into Dundee, look up Suzuki Alto, and you'll find it pretty quickly. It's an absolute mint, mint car, and um, I think it's worth, it's worth the two and a half grand it's advertised for. And you know, there's always wiggle room. There's always wiggle room. Then the the, the YouTube channel I'm going to recommend um, this week it's called Paul Restorer, um, and it's a guy who restores old. I want to say toy cars. You know, the dinky matchbox size. But it's an American channel, so they're not matchbox. I don't know what the American equivalent was. They're not Hot Wheels. Many anyway, generally old cars that he finds and he completely restores them to scratch. There are other channels like this, but Paul Restorer. Is my favourite one, um, because there's no bullshit music. He doesn't even do a a a narration. It's just this lovely slow-paced, almost ASMR videos of him just bringing these essentially dead toy cars and bringing them back to life. It's just it's real good slow watching, super relaxing. So check that out, Paul Restorer on YouTube. And then the song um, I'm going to recommend. It's by an Irish group. Um, it's a noise group called Brick Nasty um, the name of the song I'm just going to double check it again Yeah, Smoking Crack for Attention um, don't let the name put you off it's not a drug filled it's, it's a very ambient I don't know what you, how you would describe their sound it's um, kind of a experimental funk indie rock it's hard to say but just look them up brick nasty all one word b-r-i-c-k-n-a-s-t-y uh, and smoking crack for attention is the name of the song it's one of their newer tracks and um, but check out all their work they're just irish band and they're all very very proficient uh, musicians um, i saw them live they supported uh, a guy called khaki kid and they irish artist and um, they're offering they're often his backing band um but they're, they're a great act so check them out um, Yeah, I'm going going to uh, leave it there because I think I'm coming up on 40 minutes um, yeah, 38 minutes um, so yeah if you have listened to this um, thank you um, again it's very rambly and very terrible um, but I will keep working on it and I will get a proper microphone at some point um, but yeah if you have listened thanks for listening um, be safe, be well I'll talk to you again soon bye